Welcome to episode five of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. In this edition, the challenges of life away really ramp up as we get a look at the significant mental challenges that Dane Roy had to face during this off-season, even coming after some wonderful personal news that was experienced along the way. We gear up for a big season three with the Houston Cougars. This is the Dane Roy story, raw and real. 12 months earlier, Dane, the body was flying along. You're in peak fitness. But as I understand it, not quite the case, though, at the start of 2018. No, not quite the case. Um, the Lots of punting and that heavy lifting at the start of the year, it all caught up to me by the end of the season. Uh, I think in the Hawaii game, I was um, every time I would punt, uh, my knee would just give out some really, really sharp pains. And... Um, Every every time every time I would hurt, it would just it would just be in pain because as you're a punter, every time you kick the ball, like your your knee kind of hyperextends just a little bit, just to get that ball a little extra pop. So um, yeah, mine. I hoped that the two week break from my last game to the first week of practice in um, or the first week of conditioning in this, uh, January 2018, my knee would get better, and it didn't. So. Um, I remember I punted and I just thought, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do this because I can't even run. I couldn't even, like, walk on it. And then I was like, wow, this two years of college football, that was pretty cool. It might be done after this. But um, I had a chat with uh, the, sport, the medical staff there and, and the doctor and they scanned my knee and then he's like, all right, uh, we're going to give you a PRP injection. I don't, want it, I don't know what it stands for, but all they did, they, um, they drew blood out the first nurse was unsuccessful in finding the vein and it was very painful, but they drew blood out of my arm and then they spun that. They took the plasma out. They mixed plasma with um, anti-inflammatories and then they injected that in under my kneecap. And that is where the target pain was. It was the patella tendon. And um, that plus strengthening every day with the sports medicine staff, it was fixed like a couple of months later. And, um, I love the sports medicine staff at UH. You've got Michelle, you've got Doc, you've got Brad, you've got Tyler. And every time I would come in, these guys would just greet me with a smile. Like, you have some, like, they have some pretty bad days where, like, they get yelled at and all that. And you just got to appreciate the hard work that these guys do. And these guys, like, took me off the canvas and then turned me into, like, the, the punter I am now. It's just crazy to think that without them, I'm not sure where I would be. So, um, uh, they help. They don't just help physically. They help mentally. Like they're great to talk to, and like especially because they're around my age, they get a lot of the different things that I get. And I can't really speak to my teammates and, uh, with everything that I want to speak about. So yeah, they were good just to have a chat with. The biggest adjustment probably just to the training. Like I trained a lot when I was back home just to get my body right. But you can only train to a certain level because uh, we don't really have like anything like this back home. So just get to a certain level and then that you come here and then there's some next level stuff so if uh the, the, what i needed to change my body was just like how i can recover really quickly i'm obviously not a, a young freshman and um they obviously can recover a bit quicker than me so uh yeah i had the prp injection and started 2018 and then by a couple months later i was all fixed so yeah um, another cold front came in through Houston and snowed and froze everything. And then uh, a couple of, right near the end of January, we went to the uh, Australia Day barbecue again 
with the Aussies of Houston. And that was, that's becoming like a, a nice regular thing to do. So in uh, February 2018, I went to um, the Mardi Gras in Galveston. That's a, uh, just a, a town you know, near the, the beach in the Gulf of Mexico. And um, that was pretty fun. We, then March comes around and then Kiara is back. So uh, yeah, made, made sure that uh, I got the rodeo tickets for Kiara. So um, we went to the rodeo together again. We love getting that picture. She loves her cowgirl boots and uh, her cowgirl hat. Any excuse to dress up. And so, uh, and then spring break, spring break rolls around. And this time I'd organized a trip to New York. So we had our uh, trip to New Braunfels and we floated the river last year. We thought we'd just go a bit up market this year and found a, a few cheap flights to New York. And I get to hang out with my best mate again. That works two ways, Kiara and Carl, who lives out at uh, New York with his wife, Britt. And uh, they put us up for the week in, um, in their living room, which was really nice because uh, it saved us a couple of hundred bucks of uh, accommodation because New York gets a bit expensive. So we went ice skating as well in Central Park, went to a Knicks game. We saw the 9-11 uh, Memorial. We even went out to Staten Island uh, on, the, on the boat and then back to Brooklyn Bridge. And uh, Kiara wanted to take me to Grimaldi's Pizza. Apparently, it's one of the best pizzas around. So I got to try New York, uh, New York City pizza. And then the big day came. I had set this trip up to uh, propose to Kiara. And um, this was a few months in the, in, the, in the making as well. Like back in... Um, in uh, January, I spoke to Carl on Messenger and I was like, hey, mate, I'm going to do this. I'm going to propose in Central Park. Can you scout a location for me? So um, he's like, all right. So for the next few months, like him and Britt would go on walks and be like, hey, you should do it here or you should do it here. And we found a spot in the end. And at the same time, I messaged people in Australia. And I was like, hey, do you have any contacts in uh, America who, who sing like uh, with guitar and, and that? And then I found someone. I hit them up. And I was like, hey, can you learn this song, go to this location and then do this? Like, and then so um, Carl was doing all the setup for, for them as well while they were over in, because um, they, they lived in Brooklyn and Carl and Britt lived in, um, in uh, New York and they were doing all the setup um, right on the morning. So uh, Kiara, I told Kiara, I was like, hey, um, put something nice on, we go to a, we go to a bar in the middle of the day and we'll meet Shuey for lunch. And then um, that's what we call Carl. So his last name's Shuey, mate. It's just classic Aussie uh, nickname there. I was like, we'll, we'll go meet him for lunch. And then, but Carl wasn't going to take the, he was going to take the day off. But then Kiara woke up in the morning and saw him. So Shuey had to pretend to go to work. And then um, in the end, we went to uh, the Plaza Hotel, have like a, that's the one on, uh, what is it? Um, Home Alone 2. The mm -hmm. Plaza Hotel, I have like a food court underneath. So we went to the food court prior to it. Um, we also got some breakfast at, there was a place called Little Collins. And then Kiara's just taking her sweet time. And I was like, I'm looking at this watch. And I was like, these people are already set up, ready to go. I'm like, babe, all right, can we, can we get going? She's like, yeah, just relax, just relax. And then finally we meet Carl. And he's like, hey, we've, we've got to keep going because I've got that, that rooftop bar booked. And then, so we're walking through Central Park and um, Kiara stops and she goes, oh, can I take a picture of that? And like every 10 meters. And I was like, come on. I, was like, I can't show that I'm, 
like really nervous and I want to get going. But like Carl knew it. He's like, hey, like we need to keep going. So like he, he was good just to poker on and all that. And then right when we were walking down the mall, um, Carl still had the ring and he's like, all right, you need to, you need to get this. So he just says to Kiara, hey, look, a horse and carriage. And she turns around and she's like, oh, my God, and starts taking pictures of it as, as the girls do. We just do a quick ring swap. And then we walk over. And we'd also, I'd also, when I was one of Kiara's friends um, from Melbourne, he was living in, in New York at the time. He's a, he's a triplet from a massive Greek family. I, I already talked about um, uh, baby Eva. Well, that's uh, his uh, niece as well. So uh, Kayla's brother, Christian, was living over in New York. And um, I was like, can you just film this for me? So he was sitting on a park bench with a newspaper over him so Kiara couldn't see. As we walked past, he like put his newspaper down and started filming. And the key... Uh, uh, the key call and from um, from me to the uh, the buskers as I set them up as they um, was for me to walk over and give them money. That's when they would start the, um, the the our song Ed Sheeran thinking out loud. So we're walking over, and I was like, "Oh, Kia," because she loves live music and she loves um, she loves the uh, like the buskers and all that. And I was like, "Oh, this is a nice song." And then I walk over and I give them a dollar and that brings Carl in from that side with the, with the, um, the camera. Cause, uh, he left us, sorry, he left us in the middle of the mall. He's like, Hey, I just got to take a call. So he disappeared. And then, um, me and Kiara just like wasting time there waiting for Carl. And then I was like, Ooh, that, that sounds good. Gave him a dollar. Carl comes in, Christian comes in. They changed their song to thinking out loud but Kiara's talking, 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 and she couldn't hear what the new song was. And I was like, shh, shh, shh. And then finally she hears, she's like, oh my God, that's our song. And I was like, oh, what? No way. And then for the first time in my life, I was speechless. <laughs> I had it all planned in my head to say, but I just couldn't really get it out. And, um, so we were dancing, dancing for a bit because that's not unusual. Like I would just grab her and start dancing with her in the middle of like the street when we hear a nice song anyway. So she wasn't put off by that. She wasn't like, hey, what are you doing? It was when I started looking at her and I started like to, um, to get emotional. She was like, oh my God. And then like trying to get the ring out. And then I got down on one knee and she was like, bawling her eyes out like it was a good cry though it wasn't like oh my god what's he doing but um yeah that was a it was a pretty cool moment so um uh, then i've got the video it's online it's on youtube so if anyone wants to watch that um it worked out really well and then carl got a, a nice little picnic basket for us with cheese wine strawberries he went around central park following us with the uh, iphone x or whatever iphone it was and taking portrait mode photos it was like a bloody whole whole experience. So he should charge um, for people who want to get married or uh, get engaged in Central Park. It was an absolute beautiful setup, and I thank him for that as well. Oh my god! Congratulations! Oh my god! Congratulations! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Surprise, 
So like, what a day. So I, I, I really want people to just go online and, um, and watch that video. It, it, what I, how I've said it then just doesn't do it justice, but um, massive setup and I thank the guys for uh, playing as well. But uh, yeah, like what a, what a day as well. It's giving me a heart rush now, so that's cool. <laughs> and then after that, um, went to uh, Budokan for dinner and then right next to us, a guy proposed to his girl. <laughs> Just like that. And I was like, hey, we, we just did that. And so it was pretty uh, pretty cool thing to do that. And then, uh, yeah, we, went to, um, we had to go back to Houston after that. And um, we decided to go to the Woodlands for a little getaway before Kiara had to fly back home. And that was probably the most exciting part of the, uh, the time in, um, in America with Kiara as well. And yeah, April picked up and, and then also throughout the semester. So I had a lot of spare time and, um, because it's, it's not, you're not in season. So, um, when you're not in practice and you're not at class, like there's a lot more spare time. So, uh, I, I created a sort of, um, like a sports show where I would go around to the different, um, like different sports, uh, college sports, and uh, compete against someone. And uh, it first started off with soccer, and I competed against uh, Caitlin. And um, I, I look back on my mistakes, and I really should have won that. I, I think I went too easy on her, thinking, oh, I don't want to beat them all. And then it turns out I never won any of them. It was just too hard in the end. So lost the soccer one. Then we played tennis. There was a New Zealander, Lauren. She's, uh, she transferred to Arkansas. And uh, obviously, like Arkansas is in the SEC, big, big uh, powerhouse type of conference. But uh, she absolutely demolished me in tennis. I was swear I was going to get like a 200 kilometer hour serve aced on her, but I just couldn't get it in. Like uh, I either hit the net with the ball or hit the back fence. It's I don't get it down on the ground quick enough. Then uh, we had some. I had a baseball challenge, and then. Um, against Dylan and then a softball challenge against um, uh, Presley. That's right. Presley Bell in softball. And um, like these people are just destroying me as well. They're obviously pretty good in their sport because they're scholarship athletes. And then I um, uh, competed in a swimming and diving challenge versus uh, Katie and um, also destroyed uh, against her and uh, then I was like maybe I just need to bring in some reinforcements <laughs> so I brought in um, the specialists and we took on the volleyball team and um, as a team we were destroyed again so uh, not looking too good and then I got to play against a basketballer this guy's um, playing in the G League at the moment he's had a he's had a pretty good uh, successful uh, college career Rob Gray and um, I turned into a basketballer somehow this time. And uh, all these are on video as well. And the one, the basketball one, I, I sink like a couple of threes in a row. I don't know how I did it. And I actually gave him a bit of a, a scare, but he also beat me, didn't destroy me, they just beat me. And then we um, did an NFL one with uh, Derek King. And um, he just got me on that one. But then I came back and did a uh, Aussie Rules football one, an AFL one on uh, against the Eric, and I beat him. So I got off 
finally finished and, and then I just ran out of time. I wanted to keep doing, I wanted to do golf, I wanted to do all the other sports, but um, yeah, I ran out of time in the end. So uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of fun and people keep reminding me of like during the times like, oh, you, you're not very good at other sports. So I'm not very good. I'm very competitive. I'm not elite at other sports, but um, I can still do it. Sport plays a big role in any community and Houston is absolutely no different. We hear from one of Dane's good mates, Edwin Mascaro, about Dane embracing the local sporting culture that makes Houston tick. So it turns out, as I was going to games, I kept noticing that he was that um, outside of his football time, uh, he would go to go support the other teams. So he would, be, he would be at the baseball team. I actually saw him at the tennis games. I saw him at the soccer games. So I saw him actually going out, you know, out of his way to go support the other teams because um, those student athletes, they, they, go, they go to bat for, the, uh, for each other. But, uh, yeah, that finished the semester up when um, the football was finished. There was nothing else to do. And the coaches were like, well, you can go back to Australia now. Everyone can go there on their own, their own ways. And um, so in May 2018, I flew back to Melbourne. And uh, this time I had a big engagement party to get ready for. So uh, pretty excited to, to join Kiara, as I just said goodbye to her in, um, in March. Now we're back in May. And... Um, First thing that I do, I think I go to the, the, the G and watch uh, Richmond versus Fremantle. Not one of your best games to watch, but I knew that a couple of boys from Richmond Centrals would be there. So I could just um, pretty much just sit and, and chat with them while the footy's on them at the MCG. It's one of the best places to go. I love the MCG. So um, then, uh, yeah, got um, everyone around for the engagement party. That was a great place. And it was at Hotel Brighton. And, um, yeah, it was just really, really nice to see everyone. A lot of these times when I'd come back, I haven't seen everyone for, like, at least six months, maybe a year. It, it turns into, like, a uh, like a coming home party or a welcome back party. So um, that was really fun just to see everyone. And uh, we really appreciate um, the support everyone gives us and, it is tough to a long distance and um, yeah, it, it really, it really helped that uh, we really know who your friends are when um, people need, when people show it as well, not just like once a year, they might see you, but the people who message you during the times as well. And then uh, after the engagement party, just before I flew out, I had been raising money to, um, uh, like for shave for a cure. Cause obviously mum was going through some, uh, chemo at the time and um, we I think we sat down together during uh, one of her treatments at um, uh, Peter Mack in the city and um, that was I think it was one of, one of the last ones as well so it was pretty emotional for her because I managed to be there as well I, I said to my coach as well coach Applewhite who was very um, very like uh, understanding you would say I said hey coach I'm not going to come back when you want me to, I want to stay for mum and her last um, chemotherapy session. And he was like, I totally understand that. So I, I got back to um, um, Houston like the day before we were meant to check in for, um, for running and stuff. So 
didn't leave myself much time, but um, I was, I just wanted to be with mum and, and help her through her last one. So that, that was really nice. And um, yeah, we raised uh, $1,300 from everyone's donations for, um, for the shave for a cue. And, and I did end up shaving, uh, sorry, I did end up videoing that and the video is somewhere around, but um, I, that's when I had hair by the way. So we weren't just going from bald to bald. I had some hair on me and, yeah, I shaved that off and um, and managed to sneak a Palmer in before I flew back to Houston. But uh, yeah, that's when I knew. And Kiara was like, "Hey, you look okay with no hair." And I was like, "Well, good. You get used to that. <laughs> Runs in the family, no hair." So um, yeah, I got permission from her to pretty much say, "Yeah, you're good. From uh, you're good to have no hair whenever you want from now on." So uh, yeah, head back to um, to Houston, June 2018, and. I decided to not touch my hair and not touch my beard for the next three months. And uh, let me tell you, there's a picture of me out there and it looks, I look like the caddy off Happy Gilmore cross with Wolverine and the hair's just flying all, all different parts. Well, from a joyous moment, we go to the reality, the, the challenges that sometimes cannot be escaped from as Dane Roy explains to us one of the darkest periods in his time in Houston. Yeah, June 2018 was probably one of my hardest times, like, over there. Yeah, I had a, a, a few hard times. I know a lot of people go through, like, this sort of um, thing long distance, plus you're away from your family, and it's, and it's just really hard to get through, and you don't know who to talk to. You don't know, like, what to do. Um, I... I wish I had people to talk to. I probably just like bottled it up and just maybe, um, I don't know, maybe I didn't want people to know that I was going through some stuff, but um, yeah, life gets pretty I tough. I've been able to have... pinpoint the, I guess the, the reasons behind it. I mean, even obviously looking at that, it's so obviously you've just gone through some really good things. Um, obviously yeah. Positive so, news with your mom, obviously great stuff on the personal front, but obviously it's, I think it's a third campaign for you overseas. Do you feel it was an element of fatigue in the sense that, you know, I'm back again, I'm back again, um, you know, almost fronting up for another challenge sort of hit you in the face? Yeah, I think because I knew there was, I still had like all of this year and all of next year to go. So I was like, there is a still a lot of long time to go. Kiara still won't be allowed to go over here. So like life gets pretty tough when you have some of the best times in your life, like a week before it. And then you go back to living by yourself in a foreign country with like all the time in the world to think about things. Like I had summer school on and workouts in the very 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 morning so i had nothing to do in the afternoon so i and i had no car i was living in like a bad area because like to be honest the the campus is not in a good area Mm. and i didn't really want to do anything so i just sat there and just felt sorry for myself and i was just like thinking about all the different scenarios that could go wrong and and in the end, I started waking up at like six in the morning and going for bike rides and just crying at breakfast because I didn't, I didn't know what I was meant to do. Like I, there was nothing, I, I just didn't know. And it turns out that a lot of people go through this, like in as punters, as Australian punters, not just punters actually, as Australian college athletes in a different country, they're, um, 
they're in a, like they're just going through all the, the hard things and it's I I didn't know what to do myself so all I um uh wanted to do is just distract my brain so like I had another a rough few weeks and um I started to drink on weeknights which is like if you know me I never do that like I I bought whiskey glasses or something on Amazon and just started like just drinking while watching TV and and I look back at the pictures of me and it's like yeah obviously something was up because like I I think I got it gained a bit of weight but I was lifting a lot of weight so I was lifting and being very strong so like it kind of just blended in I was like yeah this is part of like if you want to lift a lot of weight this is what you have to do but um I needed something to occupy my uh, mind like in my time so um after the class I just had so much time I ended up uh, ripping apart my bike and like I went on, I had no idea how to do this. I just went on YouTube and I was like, I want to paint my bike. I just need to distract myself. So I went on YouTube, learned how to do everything, like strip the paint off, spray it and all that. And I painted my bike. I went from like a, a really bad brownie, like faded brown to like a nice matte black finish with some red wheels. And like, it was actually really relaxing. I had something to do to get in. Like I'd finish my class and I'd come in, start my bike, just do that until the, the night. And then I'd, go to bed, uh, work out the next day, go to class, come back, finish the bike. And then like the summer went pretty quick after that, I think. But, um, you know, he, he is, he is a university Houston Cougar. He is everything that we, that we, that we strive to be. Uh, he was a student, you know, when you think of it and, and, and all of it, he was an international student that left, you know, that came over to the university of Houston, you know, to, to follow a dream, to, to follow the opportunity. He's always the, you know, if you see the opportunity, take it. And he took it and it came with, you know, all those struggles and he did it. Uh, you know, he got, he earned his degree. He, he was able to maintain every, he, he, he got great grades. Um, but when it comes to being a university Houston Cougar, he, he was everything. Uh, yeah, it was just, you need to just give something, uh, give your brain something to do. Otherwise you just, like it's the same right here, right now. Like I'm, I'm a couple of months in just being in America waiting for my NFL tryout. And if I didn't have the graphic design work that I was doing, I'd be going crazy. You can only watch so much Netflix and like a lot of my friends are um, sleeping while I'm bored in the middle of the day, but you just need to make sure you can still talk to people and make sure you can just, distract your mind whether it's like a puzzle or something like that and it turned out for me it was painting a bike it was pretty pretty tough but uh like i knew i i couldn't quit i had to keep going so yeah powered through june fourth of july break comes around and uh this year we only get half the week off i don't really understand this like do the coaches not realize that we spend like like something like 45 weeks of the year at college football doing football related activities. Why can't you give us the full week off and don't get me started on only giving us part of May too. Like coach Holverson was good. He gave us all of May, but like Applewhite and Herman, they would only give you parts of the, the holidays. They just expect you to keep working out. Mate, people have families, people have a life. Bloody hell. <laughs> I didn't do um, too much this year on uh, 4th of July. I hung out with some Aussies and my teammate Peyton. 
and uh, went to Dalton, the kicker's place, his parents' place out at Lake Conroe, uh, up there for the first time, and um, we celebrated his birthday. And it was nice to be finally invited to the lake because he was going up there with the other specialists um, to the lake and um, all of June. And, like, like I wasn't going to go because I, I just didn't want to go anywhere, but it would have been nice to be invited. I think yeah. um, I think that probably, like, didn't help my mental state in in June as well. I was like, well, they're all enjoying themselves up there. And I'm not, I'm down here, like, feeling sorry for myself. But, yeah, I was never going to go, but I just would have been nice to be invited. And I think that, yeah, that really, it changed the next year because, like, people, we got a lot closer and all that. But, um, yeah, I managed to, con- this is one of the, the, one of our classic stories as well. I managed to convince the coaches to let me take the uh, specialist to a punting camp with the Pro Kick boys in um, Mississippi. So we wanted to meet up with the Aussies on that annual pro kick tour and uh, they weren't going through UH. So we had to go to them. They were going to um, Hattiesburg, LSU and Bourbon street. So um, yeah, we, uh, I hired a car on Turo and um, drove the car to LSU. We drank there and um, had some dinner as well. And we said to the, the pro kick boys, I said, Hey, come drink at this bar. It's called bogeys. It's classic. It's great. Some of them get there and they go, this is terrible. There's nothing here. And then they just go to the hotel. So we just drink it at Bogies because um, Josh Groudon, he was uh, like our host. And um, then like all of a sudden, like, half an hour later, these LSU cheerleaders or Josh Newell, they come in from like a camp. Like they just had on the weekend. And um, so they just started singing their LSU songs and doing all these chants and stuff. And they're obviously attractive women as well. And we told the boys, hey, all you have to do is stay around for 10 more minutes and you would have met some bloody cheerleaders. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, we finished up that. Uh, summer workouts finished as well. And then August 2018 rolls around and full camp starts. And um, now I'm all of a sudden the starting holder as, as well as a starting punter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, uh, I didn't know how to hold when I first started and I wasn't very good. And then all of a sudden... The holder, who's the one of the the 10th string quarterback or something, it looks like Macaulay Culkin from um, Home Alone. He decided to he wants to be a coach, so um, yeah, they they said, all right, you just come be a GA on the team, and Dane will be the holder. And I was like, so I was thrown in the deep end then. So we are at full camp. It's August 2018, and Coach Applewhite updated the media on how the group was progressing across the first four practice sessions of that preseason campaign. Well, by and large, the morale is, is, is really high. Um, they're delivering on what we're asking them to do. Um, there's some things, some areas that we've got to improve on, but they're, they're learning how to practice. So, you know, these last two days have been thud tempo, so our defense is learning the opportunities to, to, to execute the proper technique and thud. And, it was good to see them get better at that today than they were yesterday. Um, our effort and our change of direction uh, to the ball got better today, uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, we just need to continue to develop in those areas. But uh, you know, extremely encouraged by what we're seeing. Like I said, the kids are developing and, and they're and they're delivering on what we're asking. Yeah, I'd been growing my beard out and my hair out since I shaved it all off in May, and I was looking nothing like a college footballer. I'm just saying, just think of Warren Treadray style receding hairline. Cross with like uh, Wolverine, 
And I finally cleaned myself and I reckon I look pretty good. But um, my hairline was racing against time and I knew it was coming to the end soon. So, um, yeah, fall camp finishes up and um, a, a lot easier fall camp consider compared to the 2016 one. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we had a new offensive coordinator in Kendall Bryles and um, we we're all looking forward to what he could do because... Um, he has a uh, pretty pretty smart mind and uh, pretty clever with his gameplay and all that. What is going to be the <clears> emphasis <throat> when it comes to the, the, the what you want to install? Um, yeah, I think that's a fair number, 85, 88%. Um, the main thing is just the mechanics of how everything works. You know, uh, the tempo of the offense, guys getting signals, guys lining up, the way that the offense is, it's much different than that they've run here in the past. So uh, that's the biggest thing, you know, from a play standpoint, you know, that's just like, you know, those guys going to class and learning a new subject. I mean, they're going to learn those those plays and the way we do them and the way we want them operated. So um, the main thing of this fall is, 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 number one, staying healthy. And, and the guys, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do a good job as coaches protecting them in that regard. But um, uh, I feel like we got some guys where we can create some things uh, for them offensively and uh, get them in space and hopefully be very successful doing that. So September rolls around. Uh, yeah, as I said, uh, new off offensive coordinator. And he changed the whole game plan. This is a very explosive style offense. Really, really high scoring, but really, really quick scoring. And I think this is awesome because all of a sudden we're down in the defense, bang, score a touchdown. But at the same time, I feel sorry for our defense because the off our offense isn't on the field for very long. We either go three and out and we punt, and then the defense is back on, or we just go couple of passes, runs here, touchdown, and then defense is back on. So um, that probably uh, was good for us, but bad for us. Like later on in the year, our defense was had spent like double the amount of time on the field than the offense because of the way we play. But um, yeah. This has been episode five of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. The picture would become a lot brighter from here as we're about to embark on his third season with the Houston Cougars.